When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How much time till we're on? What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. I like it. Oh, you're getting better and better. I like it. Better and better as the week goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the show. Sports Day, Sats and Rat, for a Thursday night long weekend. How good are they? So oh, good. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, it is a long weekend for me because I've had a big week. <laughs> Four days back to back. Seriously. So fatigued. I haven't had a game I'm of golf. Take this my break now. Well, I, I, I haven't had a game of golf this week, Seth. What about he said? What about he said to us today, Daddy Vassar? Listen, to us off the sh- off the air. He said, "I went home today. I started really early this morning, and I had a I, went, I had to put my head down. I went to sleep, and I was asleep for an hour. So all the people <laughs> out there nice. that are working all day, you're laying on the couch having a sleep. Yeah, I was up a, at I was up at four o'clock this morning, Sat, and and I was actually doing some other work. It's a tough life. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to our regular listeners to the Super Radio Network family, 1170-693 on the app, and also to our Kiwi friends listening through SENZ. Welcome to the show. Um, oh, SENZ, New Zealanders won't have a long weekend, will they? No. And our other partners as well, Kia, the major partner of the Australian Open, which is moving into the semifinals, of course, and we're going to get the first, the host of the first serve, Brett Phillips, on tonight to... Just to give us a little bit of an update of uh, what he thinks, who he thinks will be the uh, the final two in the men's and the women's for the Australian Open. Uh, World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness and nutrient ag solutions. Going further for Australian farmers. We got some texts last night from some of the, the regional folk that uh, I didn't get to. We'll try and get to that tonight. So get involved in the show. 0457 736 736 and 8833 in New Zealand. And also get us on, on all the socials as well. TikTok, Instagram. And also X, formerly known as Twitter. On the show tonight, Rat. I know we're both pretty, we feel pretty strong about this. And Courier Mail League, uh, Rugby League journalist Peter Bedell is going to join us on the show. He broke the story yesterday of the proposed backflip of Tafita Pengoi Jr. He was, he was seen and sighted at the Brisbane Broncos training, of course. And then all of a sudden, tongues started wagging. Now, now that is starting to gather momentum about whether he is going to take up rugby league again. Of course, he walked away and Daddy Vass has got some audio which just grinds me when you listen to it. But uh, also join us on the show from NRL Ford and host of his own podcast, Keegan and Company, Keegan Hipgrave joins us. Now, a lot of people may think, I know that name. So Keegan was a, a young man who made his debut at the Gold Coast, was at the Brisbane Broncos originally in the number 20s, went down to Parramatta and Steve, you know him, Parramatta Eel. Uh, Brisbane Eel, I should say, and at the age of 24, Rat, tremendous young man, this guy. Oh, great kid. I had a bit to do with him when he was at school. He um, was forced to retire very early due to uh, serious concussion. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
Jeez, the way he's handled it, yep. very impressed. Mm, absolutely. Very impressed. Absolutely. So he's, uh, he's going to come on the show. One, talk about post-career, how hard that decision was. Now, the, we, caught, we caught up with him earlier on, Rat and I, and when he talks about that first phone call to Brad Arthur to tell him that he's going to be medically retired, it's, mm. yeah, it's quite touching, actually. And, but he's doing some really good things in the space for rugby league players retiring, transition, they call it. Yep. And he's also got this very good podcast, like I said, Keegan and Company, uh, which is um, which is gathering a, a lot of momentum. So he's going to join us on the show a little bit later on as well with that interview. Three burning questions as well. And the teaser from that, Daddy Vass, is if you were the NRL, would you register for Vita Pangai Jr.? <laughs> yeah. Would you re-register? Would, uh, as a Broncos fan, I really hope we don't sign him. Yeah. I, well, should we play the audio? Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it now? We'll do it again later. Play it. Play it. All my doubt is wrong. All my hate is wrong. You know, they're all trying to tell me what to do. All the people in the media are trying to tell me what to do. I do what I want to do. I'm my own boss. That's why I left. I'm sick of taking orders off halfbacks and coaches. I'll do what I want to do. What? You know, all of us big boys, we know, we know footy. We know what to do. We know to get to this point, get to that point. Why are you trying to tell us what to do? And that's when he walked away from rugby league to take up boxing. And I've got to say, well done. It's, it's a courageous decision to be able to do that, to walk away from big contract and try and, uh, try and start something that you're not really overly familiar with. But I'm going to paint a scenario for you here, Rat. You're a general manager of rugby league or head of recruitment for an NRL club. And you hear that, that comment, those comments that he made months ago when he, when he left the Bulldogs to take up boxing. And you, you, all of a sudden you're sitting at coffee and, and the phone rings and it's the manager of Tavita Pengai Jr., are you answering the phone call or are you letting it go through to voicemail? A, a wise man wouldn't. Yeah. Because, you know, as much as he might think, oh, you know, you know I, I, I did the wrong thing. And, you know, it's, it's in, in, in this time now, the money's not coming in monthly like it was before. And, you know, you're not around your teammates, you're not around your buddies every day. And all of a sudden you think, oh, gee, you know, I miss that. I want, I want to go back to it. But how long does it take until that attitude creeps back in? Mm. Now, I, I'm... Look, I'm, I'm not the sort of guy that, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater either. Um, but if he wants to come back, I'd make him do it the hard way. New South Wales Cup, Queensland I, Cup. I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be throwing him into a top 30. I'd be like, all right, mate, go, do, mate, go play half the season at, at Logan. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a club out there that would take him on at minimum wage, purely based on salary cap. Every club thinks they can change a play, you know that. So mm. I think there's a club out there that would take him. And so to the listeners out there, if – if you're looking for a, a front rower, an athletic front rower like Tavita Pengo Jr., would you as a fan like to see him at your club? 0457 736 736. Or if you're a Warriors fan in New Zealand, double eight double three, would you like to see him at your club if he's available for minimum wage? Well, well he served a purpose for Penrith. Well, he got them through to He didn't play in the grand final, but he, he got them through to a grand final. Mm. Well, he played a big part in getting, getting them through, through to the, the grand, grand final. final. Yeah. So, I mean... In the right environment, who knows? I mean, he was at the Bulldogs. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, – it was an unsettled club last year, the Bulldogs. And, yeah, it's, it's safe to say also that that maybe the, the change to boxing was a push to get out of the Bulldogs. And Well, well when I say unsettled club, you know, they, they had people complaining about training too hard and this and that. And it was there was just always stories in the media about the Bulldogs that was a little unsettling. Like, it was just like not a – you know, I mean, how often do you hear about the Melbourne Storm? Mm. Yeah, you know, with stuff like that, never. You know, you just you just don't. How often do you hear about it with the Brisbane Broncos? You don't. The, the good clubs, you don't hear. Stuff doesn't come out like that. Well, when you're winning, you don't. 
No. People, that, well, that's exactly right. People don't form groups and. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, like I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not one to, you know, write a, you know, a young man off and, you know, because you, you say something silly. It was a silly thing to say. The way he said that, he, he just came across silly. Like, we all get told what to do, unless you're, you know, a squillionaire and you run your own business. Like, you're getting told what to do. Yeah. Oh. And, and even if you're a boxing, a boxer, like, what you think you're gonna walk in there and not have a coach tell you what to do and, and do it? Like, I get. Yeah, you know, I, I get that he may have had a change of heart, but but his exit speech, like we heard just the audio, then it was disrespectful and quite frankly, it was cringeworthy to be quite. It honest. was all it was, and and mm. I think, you know, I don't know, he, he may have grown up a little bit over the summer in real life, like oh gee, you know, like I, I said, that was a pretty dumb thing to say. Um, like I said, I won't write him off, but I will say, um, if you're coming back, you, you're coming back through the system. You know, you know. Yeah. Well, I want to see. I want to see your work ethic. You got to fight I, for I it. I want to see you showing up at training at Logan on a on a Thursday night with a good attitude. Yeah. I mean, and and, and helping these young boys that that are there that are, that are fighting for what you want, what you had. Change people's opinions. Yeah. Yeah. And through great work ethic, good values. You know, I I got to say, I I would feel apprehensive about playing alongside him, for fear that he he just wouldn't turn up. Mm. Inside or outside, there's nothing I mean, worse the is there than not being able to trust the bloke yeah. next to you on the so I, I, At this stage, I possibly couldn't trust him. Mm. Some Panthers players, Penrith players, and officials are probably listening to us right now, going, "You know what? We he came to our club and served a great purpose through the finals and missed out because of a knee injury, mm. and got us played a really big part in, in going through to a grand final." Um, but I, I think his life is, and he's as he's starting to try and mature, he's changed. He's his view on life has changed and view on rugby league and sport has changed and, and what role he plays in a teammate. So I've got to say, I'd, I'd be really apprehensive about standing alongside him at the moment. So yeah. we're, we're going to get Peter Bedell on a little bit later on to uh, to talk about the decision with Tita, Tavita Pangai Jr. And, and how realistic is it? So we've got here, uh, Big J-Dog says Tavita is overrated, doesn't want him at his club. And we've got a few more texts there we'll get to very soon. Also, Daddy Vass has reintroduced this segment for Rat. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Sports Days. Is the price right? Have you, have you, got, a peg, have you got a peg on your nose when you do that? <laughs> that's ridiculous. That, that's almost as bad as uh, like it or lump it. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's worse. It's uh, worse. Big J Dog said Panthers didn't need him in the end. Yeah, they ended up winning the comp that year too, didn't they? Well, but no, he he gave it over to. Well, he had a knee injury. Spencer Lino did. He, he hurt his knee. Right. Yeah, hurt his knee. I think it was his medial ligament or something. And mm. I think it was a game up at. Well, they, they but he was still a Suncorp. chance of playing. I remember. Yeah. No. I. I, I think. He, I think he was injured. I don't think he was. He would have made it. Hey, before we get to some um, some more sports news, really quickly, I saw a spag bowl and cheese pie, the other day. Bag have you ever seen cheese. a spag bowl cheese pie? How good would that be? Oh, mate. Is that a bakery? I've got to find the bakery. Listen, as if if you know where the spag bowl and cheese pie is at a bakery, can you please text us zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. I want to try and source it, and not source, pardon the pun, but and find it. Yeah. <laughs> what about Rooster Mars? He's filthy on you, Cohen. What is it? What's he up Bad to? Bad income, you blokes. A useless is. Yeah. I, I send you a list of genuinely great Australian songs by great Australian bands, and you open the show with a rank song by one of, if not the rankest, overrated Australian bands in history. That was in excess. Oh, oh, right. Come on. Jeez. You can't yeah. bloody change the music when it suits you. You can't do it now. <laughs> he, he does get off the bit a little bit. He does. I tell you what, I wasn't an in excess fan until Michael Hutchins passed away. 
Then yeah. I respected their music a little bit more. I, I used to love them as a kid. And I remember my mum giving me a flogging because I'd I'd left all the all the in excess albums on the on the on the floor of the lounge room when I was listening to them and yep. I hadn't cleaned them up properly so they were getting scratched and stuff. And my mum was like, "What are these bloody Inks albums?" <laughs> inks. And I like, Inks, and I started laughing at her, and it just made her angry. <laughs> she gave me a, <laughs> gave me a whack around the butt. Oh, uh, now the Brisbane Heat. If you watched the BBL final last night, if you're a Sydney Sixers fan, unfortunately, it just wasn't your night because the Brisbane Heat were on fire again. Pardon the heat, pardon the pun. But um, batting just over 160, Josh Brown again, a half century. Maxie Bryan, I've got to say, Maxie Bryan and Matty Renshaw haven't mm. been getting a lot of runs. Good on you. Yeah, their runs Good on you, Matty Renshaw. Really important. I've been giving it players. to you. I've been giving it to him. And Maxie Bryan's mum and dad listen to the show as well. Oh, really? Good yeah. on you, Maxie. Good on you, Maxie's mum and dad. So Thanks for listening. Brisbane Heat, uh, the champions. Second time they're the champions now. And um, the Sixers, I've got to say, I mean, a great bowling lineup for, for the Heat. But the Sixers have got a great bowling lineup themselves. But yeah, just what, uh, did, what did I say last night, Sats? Spencer Johnson, outstanding. What, what did I say? Mate, they've won six from six yeah. when they've batted first. batted first. They had the choice to bat first and put the pressure on them, and they didn't. I, I just think, like, how much freer I would be mm. as a batsman going out to bat first thinking, I'm just going to throw the bat here and have some fun. Yep. Whereas going in, chasing 150 or 160, thinking, I've got to get runs here, I've got yep. to get runs. Like, it's just a different energy. It's like teeing off first. Mm. You tee off first, put one down the middle, then you've got to get up after someone who's done that. And you're like, oh, gee, I've got to try and hit one down the middle. <laughs> my, my mate's in a prime position. Like, there's a reason why when you win the hole, you tee off first on the next hole. Yeah. You know, like, I just don't understand in this sort of competition, the wicket can't play that big a factor. It's 20 overs. Mm. I just think it was, yeah, a, you're right. it was just a fatal error. On the on the on the on behalf of the um, the Sydney Sixers. You said you, you said that last night, the six and O and batting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what else you said before the show. Why? Because we're talking about Tom Brady, who's doing oh, a national good. Tom who's doing a national tour. I'm going to yeah. see him. Yeah, we got offered these tickets, and and Rat said, "You're going to go and see. Why don't you come?" I said, "No, I've got some <laughs> other stuff on." And I said, "I just want to." I want to I want to keep him on the pedestal. I don't want to go and see him. I like just in case it's not as yeah. not as, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Again, I understand. Get a little bit cringeworthy the whole American yeah, side yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I thought no, nah, I just want to keep him on that pedestal. I'm not going to go. He goes, I'm going. I'm going to get a photo with him. He said. I said, you won't get a photo with him. He said, yeah, it's part of the package. I went, okay. He goes, and we'll probably be best mates by the end of the day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and we'll be playing golf on Monday uh, at the Glades. We'll be having Come ball. on, that's ridiculous. Mate, I'll bring him out. We've got to, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll brush Sato. We'll bring in Tom Brady. <laughs> It'll be great. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah. And before we get to the break, um, a Queensland NRL club is interested in signing Wallabies outside back Jordan Patea. Now, he would be a Massive get for rugby league. Boom signing. A huge shock to the Wallabies if they lost him. Well, mate, they've lost Marky Mark yeah. to the Roosters, mm. who is, you know, uh, I think in space uh, and with ball in hand, he's as good an attacking player that, that you know, is running around in rugby at the moment in any yeah. nation. I, I think um, he's stifled playing for the Wallabies. He doesn't see the ball that he that he that he should. Mm. Um I would be going hard after him. I've always liked watching him play. He just he's got great balance. You know who he reminds me of Sats? Who? Um Tamana Tahu. Yeah. Yeah. Tamana Tahu ish. Oh, and mate, I, I just think if a rugby league club can get him, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get to a break before we do that. Canara Cowboy on the text line. Thanks for all your texts. We're gonna to get to them throughout the night. Sats, I was the same with Oasis. 
only got into them after their very public fallout. Yeah. Do you know who Oasis are? Yeah. You sure? Cat Daddy, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wonderwall. Oasis, great band. Wonderwall. But Wonderwall, I, ha- yeah. I hated their um, their attitude. I just love to slap both of them. Yeah, yeah. I love to get both of them in octagon. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. What, and fight you, both of them at the both same time. Both of them. Both, yeah, oh, you'd probably, you'd probably them. flog them. Peter about B- 60 kilo <laughs> ringing wet. Peter Bedell from News Corp joins us next to talk about Tavita Pango Jr. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Oh, here we go. Rooster Muzz says, Oasis, another rank overrated band. <laughs> I agree with you, Rooster Muzz. I agree with you. How much, what are the Aussie songs going on tomorrow? I mean, I'm blaring Aussie Crawl tomorrow on ACDC, Akadaka. Yeah, can't wait. Now, this man is joining us. He's uh, the chief league reporter for the Courier Mail, works for News Corp, Peter Bedell. He's a very good friend of the show, and he broke the story yesterday about Tavita Pengai Jr. He's been wandering down around Broncos training. How realistic is this rumour that he may return to rugby league? He joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Sneaky Pete? Oh, good day, boys. Happy New Year. And how good is how good is Oasis, Rat? Come on. Oh, back, back in the day, I've, One I of loved the great them. Bands. I loved them. They are horrible. Oh, horrible man! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you being a, you being a former bra boy, you would have listened to them quite a bit, wouldn't you? In the day, <laughs> oh, Wonder Wall singing it at uni during my days on the drink. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. I don't remember it that well, but thank thanks the Lord for that. Hey, Pete, I know you love your boxing. I'm going to um, also talk to you about Tim Zoo a little bit later on. But before we do that, Tavita Pengai Jr. He's been sighted at Broncos training. I didn't get too excited about it. I just thought he was going down there to see his mates, which happens at a lot of clubs. But has it started to is this started to surface a little bit more realistically around him returning to rugby league? Yeah, look, my male guys is that it is genuine, and I think I personally think it will happen. Now, I know look, it's easy for anyone to turn up to training and watch the boys go around, but the male I've got is that Tavita Pangai is is genuine about making a cameo for the Broncos later this season. Now, he signed a two-fight deal. So he wants to, he won't be walking away from boxing. He's committed to boxing. But he's, he signed a two-fight deal to fight once in March in, in Brisbane, and then he'll have another fight in May. And beyond that, he has told people, according to my sources, that he won't be able to fight after June. And the reason for that, according to my sources, is that he's lying... Uh, a, a late season stint with the Broncos. Now, under the salary cap rules, the Broncos could not afford Tavita for a full season because if he was to come back to league, the NRL salary cap auditors would have to place a nominal figure on him, which would be about 750000 which was his last Bulldogs contract. So therefore, if he was to play for any club for the last four months of the season, for example, they would only have to pay him 250000 So financially... It would make sense for the Broncos. They have that money in the cap. And given that the Broncos have lost Tom Flegler and Kurt Capewell, 
and certain Kingdom Palacia, I think Tavita Pangor Jr. could certainly offer something to them for their forward depth. Pete, I, I yeah, I agree with that he could. Um, I just does does it not? I mean, does it not rub you up the wrong way that the comments that were made him saying he doesn't want to be told what to do? I mean, the Broncos have got something going pretty special up there. They've got a great group of young players. Is, is there a concern that he might jump in there and upset the apple cart culturally? Yeah, look, it's a great point, guys. I mean, there's no doubt that it would be a risky move for the Broncos to take on a guy who in the past has been quite flighty. He was he was sacked from the Broncos in 2021 after some COVID breaches, and he has been erratic by his own admission with his form over the, over the course of his career. So, look, it could be disruptive, guys, for Tavita to come in mid-season, depending on how you look at it. Now, I guess it depends on what he could offer, but I know that he's met with Kevin Walters, I'm told. They've had some preliminary discussions. Now, I don't know how concrete they are. I know I know the Broncos have not tabled an offer at this stage, but I know that Tavita Pangai Jr. is certainly, in his eyes, considering it. And if the door's ajar, then he may eventually sign there. But, look, it could be a risk rat. I mean, there's every chance that he joins mid-season and it doesn't work out and... If he's, if he's committed to being a professional boxer, how does he juggle both sports? That's the million-dollar question. Yeah, he seems to be just making his own rules, I think, Pete. But $750,000 on the cap, his last contract at the Bulldogs, is it fair to say that's a f- pretty steep if you're a club that's going to sign a guy that, one, has, hasn't got a great attitude, and two, walked away from the game with some, you know, some, some pretty poor comments? Oh, absolutely, guys. I mean, look, it's a fair investment. I mean, even if the Broncos or any club would have paid two hundred and fifty to 300000 to sign him for the last four months of the season, you have to wonder, what's his match conditioning like? Mm. I mean, Tavita won't, won't have played in the NRL for a year, and I know I know he's in pretty good condition at the moment with all the boxing training he's doing. It's a totally different sport, different physical requirements to playing in a real. So... He'd have to take time to hit the ground running. I mean, look, he did it. He did it brilliantly at Penrith in 2021. He joined the club for the last 10 weeks and was an injury away from winning a premiership ring with them. So, he, look, there's no doubt in his talent, but I just don't know if he's genuine about being a professional boxer. I just don't think he can be half pregnant. I mean, you're either a great NRL player or you're a great boxer. I, I don't know how you mix the two, but look, Paul Gallen did it at the back end of his career. He he had some pro fights and then went on to make a lot of money as a pay-per-view star. And I think maybe Tavita can, in his eyes, leverage NRL profile with becoming a pay-per-view fighter. So maybe that's the journey that he wants to go on. Well, Paul Gallen was a professional in his training. Not, but but uh, also, I want to know if he is pregnant, like you're saying, Tavita Pengo Jr. I just want to know how. Pete, <laughs> I know how. <laughs> well, we, you know, or even half pregnant. Well, we're not that political that. here. We don't, we, we don't go down that. Mate, what, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure I agree with this. Like, we'll get him for half a season, only pay half as much because it's in the salary cap. If you've got to feed a Pengai Jr. in your system, it should be uh, prorated out the money that, that mm. he would be paid. Is, is, is that not an unfair advantage that the, that the Broncos are going to get if he does end up there? And, uh, I mean, I remember back in the day, Satch, when we were playing, like, you weren't allowed to ride a skateboard. No, you weren't allowed like, to get snow skiing, no, but, anything like that. I mean, yeah. nowadays, like, guys boxing, I'm like, how is this okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's because you were pretty lethal on the skateboard. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about you tearing through the streets of surface. <laughs> As you, yeah, we got, um, and Pete, we've got a text here from Matt saying, 
the NRL should not register his contract at the Broncos if it goes ahead without the okay from the Bulldogs. So that probably is the next question. Is the, ne- is the first question that the NRL will go to the Broncos or his manager and say, do you want him if you can fit him under the salary cap? If not, do you have, you know, do you give permission for him to talk to other clubs more or less? I think, I think they deserve that at least, don't they? Well, look, guys, I could be wrong, but it was my understanding that Tavita walked away. I mean, there was some suggestion he got a payout from the Bulldogs. My mail is he didn't get a payout at all, that he just made the decision to walk away of his own volition. And if he's done that, then he doesn't have any contractual ties legally to the Bulldogs and, and he's thus a free agent. Now, look, there is every chance the NRL could veto this. I mean, they could say, look, we don't like the smell of this. We don't like the idea of him just coming in for four months and we won't register his deal. So ultimately, it can come down to a salary cap order. But in the past, the NRL has shown an inclination to rubber stamp deals. I mean, Sonny Bill Williams did it at the Roosters. He played a couple of games late in the year. So it has happened before. But it look, the Bronx probably lack a bit of depth, guys, in the forwards. And whether whether they think Tavita's worth the, the chance and worth the risk is probably up to Kevin Walters. But... They will miss Tom you know, Tom Flegler. He's, he's a massive loss in my Big eyes. Time. And maybe Tavita's you know, intimidation and, and tackle-busting power could be a bit of X factor for them off the bench. Pete, I know you say that he didn't take a payout from the Bronco, from from the Bulldogs. He's just walked away. But but mate, like I, yeah. I mean, Blake Braley at the Sharks can't say, "Well, don't pay me next year. I'm not going to play for you. I'm just going to go and play for someone else." Mm. Like he had a contract. Mm. So I'm, I mean. Unless, unless the, um, I mean, and, and it seemed like he was released from that contract on the compassionate grounds if he wanted to pursue something else, he wasn't happy there. It, it just, it just doesn't, you know, smell right to me. Yeah, no, the good points, guys. And look, the other thing is, guys, if you read Tavita's comments at the time when he left the sport, I mean, he said, I never wanted to play rugby league. My parents forced me to do it. My heart was never in there. You know, I don't take orders. I'm sick of taking orders from halfbacks and coaches. I want to be my own boss. Well, he's now his own boss in boxing. So whether he's had a change of mind or change of heart, maybe he's learning that, you know, life as a pro boxer can be a very lonely sport and the mm. money's not always very great when you're grafting away for $20,000 a fight, mm. sometimes less. You know, NRL players now live a very privileged life. They you do. can earn big money for being a pro athlete. Maybe Tavita's missing that financial comfort. So, you know, look, he's only 28, guys. Maybe he's learned a lesson. Um, and he's still got another five years in him if he wanted to play in NRL. But it would take a pretty brave club, I think, to... to throw the net back out and give him a lifeline. Now, uh, just before we get to the cricket, the West Indies are five for 105 in the second test for the Australia versus West Indies. We're going to talk a little bit, a little bit more about that after the break. Uh, before we let you go, Pete, you love your boxing. Steve from Dubbo said, a Parramatta fan and a boxing expert, Peter Bedell, I'd love to marry him. Uh, Tim Zoo, <laughs> March the 31st. It's only being reported at the moment. Has it been locked in that he's going to fight Keith Thurman, who has only ever been beaten once, and that was by the great Manny Pacquiao. That's right, so you love your boxing more than me, and it was a split decision to Manny, mm. but he's only fought once in the last five years, Keith Thurman, well, so that's, and he's jumping he? up in weight. Mm. Yeah, and he's coming up in one weight division to fight Tim Zhu, but yeah, it, look, it will be locked in, it will be announced next week, but Tim Zhu will fight Keith Thurman, and this is, guys, this is a massive story for Australian boxing, so he will be headlining in Las Vegas. He'll be the first ever Australian to headline an American pay-per-view show. First ever. His, his dad never did it, Kostya. 
So this is significant. And as an adjunct to that, Michael Zarafa, yeah. his bitter rival, ironically, will also be on the same card fighting for the world title against Eris Landy Lara. So he'll be fighting for the middleweight WBA world title. So this is a huge story for Australian boxing. Two bitter foes, Tim Zhu and Michael Zarafa, who once were meant to fight, and then Zarafa pulled out at the last minute. They are now the poster boys on this Vegas show on March the 30th. It is massive for Australian boxing. And let's hope both of them win their world titles. Yeah, it's unheard of. Unheard of. Mate, how good? How good, that, how good is that pay-per-view yeah. going to be? Yeah, it's great. Awesome. It hey, Pete Bedell, I know you've had a long holiday. I actually don't even know whether you're back yet or not. Are you back to work yet? <laughs> Mate, oh, I don't think I ever leave work, yeah, exactly. but um, I'm back officially on, on Monday, boys, so I, I can't wait for Tim Zoo's press conference next Monday. Good Beautiful. stuff. Well, thanks for taking time out on your holidays, Pete, for joining us on Sports Day. Have a good weekend. No worries, boys. Anytime. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, good chat there with uh, Pete Bedell. And Steve has said, is Pete Shaw Costa never headlined a show? He had some big fights in America. I know when he... He won the first title against Jake the Snake Rodriguez. He didn't. Who's the undercard? Uh, Shumbra Mitchell, he was an undercard. But I'm just looking here. Zoo versus Zab Judah in 2001. Yeah, that was it. He's on the front page of the poster. So I'm pretty sure that was that was a headline. I think you're right mm. there, Steve. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us on a Thursday night. Big weekend this weekend. Of course, a uh, long weekend. And we've got a song here uh, from one of the listeners that Daddy Vass is going to have to try and chase up uh matt says love the show best australia day song is mistress for christmas by akadaka i'll be playing it tomorrow because i wasn't allowed to play it at christmas so can you check that one out mistress yeah. for christmas. mistress i've never heard that never heard of it either we, we better check the lyrics first <laughs> yeah. Matt. Yeah. now first out of the gabba for twoies i feel like a twoies a two drink responsibly it's drinks break at the moment and the aussies well they tore through the windies in the first innings, they lost the toss and were sent in to bowl the Aussies. Mm. And at drinks break. Five for 107. Five for 107. Mm. And in a lot of dramas, the, the West Indies. Um, Stark took his 350th test wicket. Now he's got five to catch Lily. He's in he's in pretty good uh, space there, isn't he, Lily? Yeah. But a long way down the list, funnily enough, when you look at a lot of the wicket takers. And 114 to overtake the next Aussie, which is McGrath. Yeah, I don't think he's getting McGrath. I don't think he'll get McGrath either. But I'll say, like, you know, like I grew up watching Dennis Lilly. Yeah. And to think that Glenn McGrath took 114 wickets more than him. Like, I thought Dennis Lilly was like Superman. (laughs) Running down, you know, with his gold chain bouncing around his hairy, the the unbuttoned shirt, the hairy chest, (laughs) the big mo. Mate, how good was Dennis Lilly? Yeah. I know. Mm. So I, I, the amount of cricket they play in this day and age. Probably helps. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. He, he, in this test series, what this this test series, he may take, what he may take, 15 wickets, 12 to 15, let's just say. Mm. And let's, you know, then they've got the tour to New Zealand. What do you mean? It'll be over tomorrow. Yeah, but he may be a major <laughs> contributor. 
But, I mean, then they go to New Zealand. Um, don't know. The amount of cricket they play, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how many on average they take you know, per test series. So, But that's a lot of wickets, isn't it, you're thinking about. 114 to get to McGrath. Mm. And then you've got a long way to get to Murali and, and yeah. Warney. I just noticed Matt Renshaw in the field. Yeah. He caught the red eye this morning. Hot day. Mm. Didn't Standing celebrate. in the field. I was, I was from wondering, how's no. he feeling? No, he left, <laughs> celebra- he he left celebrations last night from all reports. I oh, heard him wow. being interviewed this morning um, on Brisbane Radio. And he said, no, I, I, I got outside because I had to get the red eye this morning to get back. Because the, the first ball wasn't bowled until like after lunch, was it? Mm. Which is which is strange. So they, got, oh, they got the lights One on o'clock, yeah. Mm. One o'clock. In Queensland, yeah, it was, wasn't it? was two it? o'clock, so it's a day-night test. Yeah. Yeah, mm. cool. Hey, um... Who do you think would have been the uh, making the most noise in the B in the BBL heat changing rooms? Uh, Walter, the big big the, tall Paul. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, don't know. Don't know. Yeah, I'm not across the um the 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 larrikins of the BBL team the teams. But we, we interviewed I'll, Michael Nisa last week. He's he seemed quite a reserved sort of guy. I don't well, think he's got to go home and mate. He's like me. He's yeah. a TSS boy. We're all very reserved. Oh, and yeah. Very quiet oh, and unassuming. And, um, Push one of your buttons, please. Just yeah, any buttons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, I would like to think Big Josh Brown. He's my new favourite player. Yeah. Oh, Sure he's he just living every day like it's his last. Big Josh Brown. He looks like a bit of a larrikin. He, you know what he is? He's just. He looks like he's like a man of the people. Mm. You know, like Warney, who was just like one of us, yep. like one of the everyday Australian. That's why yep. he was so loved. I can see that in Josh Brown. I can see him becoming a cult figure. Hope so. Mm. Maxie Bryant, he's a Coogeon boy just over the border oh, nice. in New South Wales. Coogeon Hornets. He was actually a really good rugby league player, um, Maxie Bryant. He had to make a decision. Between yeah, rugby right. league and cricket, yeah, like JT, yeah, out <laughs> what did he smash him last week? <laughs> yeah, he was an outstanding rugby league player, uh, Maxi Bryant. So, uh, Maxi Bryant, if he had a little bit of rugby league in him, he might, he might liven things up a little bit. Mm. Not quite sure. Now, Robert Barrett tomorrow on the text line tomorrow says, Tavita Pengai Junior is like the politician that leaves to spend more time with their family. What What does he mean by that? Well, you, you're making a reason to leave, and then all of a sudden you return. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sort of become a little bit of a hypocrite. You know, like I said, I, I get it if he's had a change of heart, but you can't just continue to pick and choose well, when, you, when you want to play the game and when you want to box. Well, there's a lot of other people that it affects. Absolutely. In a, in a team environment. I mean, it, like I, look I was at, like saying I look, to Peter Bedell, I, I, like it, it really could upset the apple cart. Well, I look at a young front rower who just battles away every week, Corey Jensen, who's a, who's a good battling front mm. rower. Yep. Came from the Queensland Cup, is now playing first grade with the Broncos. Done his whole pre-season. And if someone like a Tavita or anyone comes in mid-season, all of a sudden... Essentially takes his spot. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, listen, Kebby's a smart guy. He's not going to get the wolf pulled over his eyes. No, no. Think. But he's also going to... He's smart enough to take advantage of a situation if he can see it can help his team. Well, he's, whether you like or dislike, he's a good athlete. Oh, mate. He's, yeah. a, he's a beast. Mm. And when he plays well, he can be devastating. I remember that game against the Cowboys where he single-handedly... He dismantled Jason Taumalolo. He dismantled the whole squad yeah. by himself. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was but just a wrecking ball. But it was only, it's very few and far between. Well, I think that's what um, the New South Wales coach, Brad Hitler, was hoping that mm. he was going to do. And, and boys, if he goes out there and plays in every game of the State of Origin series and has a really good campaign, he'd still be playing in the NRL. Yeah. I, but I, he didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, you're he's right. a confidence player, though. That's what I'm getting at. If my... Uh, he yeah. can't control his emotions. And it happens in rugby league. Players picked on him because they knew they'd get a response. Now, mm. if he wants to have a career in boxing 
and he's going to be able to, he thinks he's going to be able to control his emotions when it's just him and another guy in a ring ain't going to happen well i mean he'll go mate, they'll get under his skin b- before the fight and he'll go in hot headed <laughs> uh, i mean it happens doesn't yeah. see it yeah i mm. don't so pauline says i don't like it boys tpg tpj coming back to the nrl i just don't like it yeah it's rubbing people up the wrong way and canara says uh, he wants he wants back because boxing is too hard. No discipline. Only works on TP, TPJ time. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest concern. Like, again, just creating his own uh, his own format. Let's get to the break. After the break, it's semi-final time in the Australian Open, and Brett Phillips is going to join us. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Uh, he has to face Janik Sinner that uh, he's playing an unbelievable game. He has not drop a, a set in, in this tournament. Uh, that means that uh, he has the level uh, and the capacity to, to beat Novak. Uh, so let, let's see. I'm going to watch the, the matches, uh, of course. That's young Alcaraz, who was beaten by Yannick Sinner last night. As we get Brett Phil- Phillips on the, on the phone, because you can listen to Brett Phillips. SEN listeners can hear Brett Phillips calling me Australian Open tonight. How are you, BP? Yeah, good. Thank you. Just in the uh, in the bunker now, where I can't actually see a thing. <laughs> they got the light show on Rod Laver Arena. Uh, we're in pitch black here, but they'll turn the lights on in a minute. We're getting settled, and hey, I've got a bird's eye view. I cannot complain at all. So, yeah, looking forward to getting into the women's semis uh, very shortly. It's going to be a great tribute uh, in just a few moments on Rod Laver Arena for the great uh, Yvonne Gulligan Corley. Fifty oh, nice. years since she. Uh, won her first uh, Australian Open in 1974. So, yeah, big night ahead, guys, ahead of uh, the men's semis tomorrow. We're getting right down to the business end. Yeah, that'll be very well received, won't it, with um, Yvonne Gulgong. Uh, now, um, before we talk about the, the women's, um, Tommy from Sydney has got a text message. He says, I'm backing Yannick Sinner become the first Italian to win the Aussie Open. He hasn't lost a set. He beat Novak twice last year and has the Aussie connection with Darren Cahill as one of his two coaches. Agree or disagree, BP? Well, look, he's uh, he's perfectly primed. Uh, he's had a brilliant tournament. There's no doubting that. His level has been absolutely outstanding. But the litmus test comes, doesn't it? I mean, this guy uh, that he's playing is a 10-time champion mm. here, hasn't lost here for a long time, is still playing impeccable tennis at the age of 36. Yes, it's getting a little hard. Yes, he's been challenged in some of his matches this tournament. But he's still the king of this court. So it will be possibly the making of Yannick Sinner if he's able to beat him. Um, if not, I mean, there's still so much time for him across his career. And I do feel if it doesn't come here, you'd feel like a Grand Slam final is coming the way of Yannick Sinner. It's come the way of Alcaraz, obviously, a couple of times already, Wimbledon, US Open. So I feel like Sinner, this is the year he will break through and make a final, whether it's going to be here. Um, you know, I find it hard to go past Novak, even though, you know, there's been moments where you thought, gee, maybe he's you know, a little fragile, uh, but he has pulled through uh, big matches like we expect him to. BP, it's, it's Matty. I'm just, I'm, I'm a lover of sports history. And we had um, Mark Woodford on yesterday or the yeah. day before. And we're just, I was just talking about what, you know, Novak and, you know, 
just seeing this moment in time. What is it that makes him so good? I mean, he doesn't look it just like seems like down, he's, does he? Yeah, I mean, is it his ground strokes? Is it his serve? Like, I mean, for the for the casual tennis fan, why is he so good? Well, I think he just dots the I's, Matty, and crosses the T's better than anyone. So think of all, I mean, you know, you, you, you can speak uh, better than I can about being a, you know, an elite sports person, um, you know, all the little one percenters. I mean, he's been so meticulous about uh, diet, everything that goes into his body, um, you know, his physical preparation. Uh, he's taken that to another level. And this is what these young guys have had to follow if they want to really succeed at the top of the men's game because these these matches are brutal. You sit here and you watch these guys go toe-to-toe for four hours and it's only them out there. They've got no one else to rely on and the fitness base that you need. And then as a tennis player, I mean, he's just rock solid in every area. Has he got the biggest serve? No. Has he got the biggest, um, you know, forehand speed? No. Um, but gee, the discipline he has, uh, his ability to stay in uh, rallies, um, you know, defend and then attack. He doesn't miss many balls. He's so disciplined, mm. this guy. So it's it's a, it's a combination of everything that he um, he leads the way, and that's what the young guys are, you know, aspiring to be long term. Well, BP, uh, good luck on the call. Before we get to the end of the first hour tonight, the women are in action for the place in the final. Coco Goff, who I love, I love watching her play in Sabalenka. But can you tell me a little bit yep. about this young Wang, the Chinese? Because I saw a great, great interview with Lee Na today, who of course won in two thousand and fourteen French Open two thousand and eleven. But this this Wang is a really interesting <laughs> story. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, she's a brilliant story, to be honest. Um, and look, a lot of the players coming out of China, you know, it's it's a different way of becoming a sports person. You know, they're quite young, institutionalised, um, you know, disciplined training. Um, but she went and trained over in Spain to uh, to further her career. And we've seen her coming for a couple of years, made the US Open quarters uh, last year. So this is no sort of flash in the pan. Although she hasn't been a top 50 player mm. this tournament. That's how the draws just opened up. You beat who you beat. Uh, but she's the real deal and she's still a work in progress. But she's going to be top 10 when the rankings come out Monday. And I think she's going to, uh, you know, she'll stay there for a while. Uh, so, yeah, it's a hard one to call. Yastrzemska, brilliant tournament. Uh, but Zheng's probably got, um, just a little bit, a little bit too much firepower and, and class, I think, around the court to, uh, yeah, certainly beat Yastremska. Good stuff, BP. Thanks for joining us. Uh, big night of tennis tonight. Uh, good luck with your call tonight. Hope you enjoy yourself. Coming up in the next hour, Keegan Hipgrave, three burning question, and is the price right? This is Sats and Rap for Sports Day on a Thursday night. Stick around. Electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia, train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia, train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. I've heard people say that 
too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But That's a bit of a. I don't know what. It's just not enough. Have you seen the Will Ferrell movie, the basketball movie? Semi pro. Oh, the best. Yeah. What about Dukes? Love me sexy. <laughs> he calls it. He shoots his half court shot. They give him a big check. It won't work. He goes, you go to a big bank? <laughs> you got to go to a big bank. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. Second hour. Five for 123. The West Indies in this day night uh, second test at the Gabba. They might make a game of it if they can. Yeah. They've got a little bit of a partnership going. Green, the of silver course. and Hodge was uh, tested positive for COVID leading into this game. He's bowling at the moment. Number three off two. Only just, just under three overs. So get involved in the show anytime. 0457 736 736 and New Zealand. Listeners, call us on double eight double three. Rooster Mush is going off today. Yeah, yes. Breaking news. The test started at 2 p.m. Queensland time. Not bloody no, 1 p.m. The, the coverage started Sports at 1 p.m. Sports will have a new producer next week after I deliver my coup de grace. He actually did call... <laughs> He said, worm splinter and rank producer. Good luck to Yvonne Gulligan with that tennis bizzo. But why won't those tennis Australia oxygen thieves recognise and celebrate our magnificent national day and a national treasure? Yeah, in the no fair income stakes, we all know the reason why. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if you, if you want to celebrate it, just celebrate it. You know what was really cool? Was, yeah. was, um, was, was the, oh, hang on. I'm just, uh, what do you think of that? Yeah. Okay. We're just talking off air, everyone. Sorry, I, I was thinking Yvonne, Yvonne, uh, Corley, yep. Yvonne Corley last year giving Ash, oh, Barty, Ash Barty, yeah, the trophy. But yeah, I, I thought that was. You see, she's just been accepted to play in the New Zealand Open golf. Oh, really? Ash Barty. She's a gun golfer. Yeah. What are you pointing at? Look at Benny Hunt in a Bronx jersey, just <laughs> tearing through the Penrith Those Panthers. Those days that he used to win. <laughs> oh. yeah. Now, um, just before we came back on for the second hour. We're talking about golf, and we're all playing golf on Monday, myself, Daddy mm. Bass, and the Rat. Better head to the range. Yeah. So, um, and Rat started talking about, he said, oh, Alice Cooper's coming to it. I didn't realize respectfully that Alice Cooper was still alive. <laughs> but he said, oh, Alice Cooper's coming to Australia. I might be playing golf with him. I said, what? How, how do you get involved in all these people? So, Chloe, his beautiful wife, is involved in Breakfast Radio, and they get in, in touch with all the, the music superstars. Mm. and. He goes, oh, yeah, play with Michael Bolton one. He's a mad golfer. Yeah, he is. What? Michael Bolton is in the... Yeah, yeah, long hair. The guy that plays the... Yeah, what's the song the he sings? or whatever um, it is. Saxophone. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's Kenny G. He doesn't play the saxophone. He's just oh, got no, an Michael, amazing yeah. body. Ma Michael Bolton. Um, he's an actor. So, so I played with him at the Grand. Did you say he's an actor? Yeah. No, he's, no, a, he's singer. Not a singer. Oh. Um, I played with him at the Grand, and I was down like two or three to play. Oh, he's that good of a player? Oh, he's, he's good. Yeah. yeah. He plays in the um, the Pebble Beach, like, uh, Pro-Am every year and stuff, like the big time one on the, on the USPGA. Mm -hmm. And I uh, ended up beating him on the last really? hole. He was filthy too. Wow. And if you're a golfer, like, you hate getting beaten, particularly when you're up two or three to play. Yeah. And uh, I got him on 17 and 18 to beat him. He was filthy. <laughs> it was, uh, and then he gave me a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label. <laughs> He looks like he's built him. like a two-iron. Mate, he's a great fella. Really yeah. good guy. And, and you know the difference? Like when you spend four hours on a golf course with someone yep. and you're in the cart with them, you get to know them and you just... He'd be a punish for four hours. Mate, we had the best time. <laughs> he was asking about the footy and how it all works out here. And he was really, like he showed genuine interest. Or if he didn't, if he wasn't interested, he certainly acted <laughs> very well. He's a Grammy winner. <laughs> yeah, so he's yeah. an actor. Yeah. He's no, not an actor. No, no, no. 
Yeah. But now <laughs> Alice Cooper is coming to the coast and he wants to play golf. So Alice Cooper, there's no way in the world he could. I'm trying. Play golf. I'm trying to tee it up. If I tee it up, man, well, I, I reckon it'll work. I reckon it'll happen. Was he the one that bit a bat's head off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You should put wow. together your wish list. Yeah, there's of a artists. few. There's Tom a few. Brady, they're going to be best mates after Sunday. We will be. I'll be playing. We probably won't see him on Monday. He might no. even. No, he might even be at the Glades with us on Monday morning. Just, Ooh, just, just relax. Give me a chance. Yeah. Let me do my magic. Let him do his thing. <laughs> Let me do my thing. My nickname, my nickname of the Gold Coast Chargers was Worm. He is the ultimate worm. He worms into everything, Rat. No, I'm just a I'm just Crow. A, I'm just, I, I, as opposed to crime, what crime scene was saying. Yeah. I'm just a very likable bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. Now, Keegan Hipgrade, Hip, uh, Keegan Hipgrave yes. is going to join us on the show very soon, doing some great stuff in the NRL and the transition space, but also about his career. Yeah. As we said earlier on, he had to retire at the age of 24 due to ongoing concussions. He's a hell of a nice kid, this kid. And, He's so positive. He seems to be one of those kids that would just you'd love to have him in your team and around the team environment. He's just always so positive. We've also got, is the price right from Daddy Vass? Three burning questions as well. And uh, we'll read out some of your texts. Now, the weather up in North Queensland, mm. um, we're thinking about you, Danger, and all the listeners up there around North Queensland, Central Queensland, down to around Airlie Beach that are going to, uh, starting to intensify a little bit. It's gone to a Category 2 now, the cyclone. And I think winds up to around 130, 140 kilometres per hour. Let's hope it doesn't get any worse than that. But one thing that I just never understand. So Luke Bradnam, Luke Bradnam is a uh-huh. Luke Bradnam is a weatherman. Okay, on in Queensland, he's a great guy. He's got a twin brother. <laughs> he's Ash. a legend. Yeah, Ash Bradnam. He does uh, breakfast they're great, radio. They're great fellas. And um, they're great guys. And he's the weatherman for Channel Nine. Mm. So. If if you're in a workshop or just say you're walking through a shopping centre and there's a sp- a spill of some sort of liquid on the floor. Mm. What do they do? Well, they put signs around it. And you, so you don't, don't walk, walk through, through it. it. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You can slip over. Yeah, yeah. But if you're a weather man or a weather woman, mm. okay, and there's a cyclone or a hurricane, you go after they it. They send you straight to it. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. What about OH&S? What? Yeah, do, you remember, do you remember that movie Tornado? About the, like, have you seen those crazy people, the tornado chasers? Yeah. Storm chasers. Insane. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm happy inside. Yep. Just tell, tell me all about it, Luke. <laughs> they love it, but They do. They love it. Yeah, it is. It, it, they do love it. And, and is it part of your contract? some pretty crazy stuff. Like, would have to be, wouldn't it? Have you seen those ones where someone's doing a report and a sign blows oh, up and smacks yeah. in, yeah. in the head? Why, why do they throw them out there? I just don't understand they it. Push, they push the boundary a bit too much sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Or someone's holding onto a pole, like it looks like a flag, trying to do the weather. Now, Daniel from Prairiewood, listening on the SEN app, he said, Michael Bolton's How Can We Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends. That's it. What and a cracking ballad. Said I loved you, but I lied I, was another Bolton classic. And you know what? After we played golf, we went to dinner, and Chloe said, oh, my my mother, my, my stepmom is a huge fan. He grabs Chloe's phone, and he sings <laughs> down the phone, I said, I loved you, but I lied. <laughs> oh, mate, it was hilarious. Oh, no, no. No, he's saying, "How am I supposed to live without you?" That's okay. that's yeah. That's he's saying it to Chloe. No, he's saying it to down to uh, how am I supposed to live without you? Um, to my mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So down, Cam down, says down the phone like FaceTime. Cam says your nickname should be Salt. Has what? to be in everything. <laughs> 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 
Well, I just like to put myself in the right things, Cam. Yes, yeah. You know? Mm. You know? I'll tell you what I'll be in. I'll be in on Monday. I'll be in Cohen. I'll be in Daddy Vass's and Sats's wallet. That's what I'll be in. <laughs> yeah. Taking their money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, he joined us uh, he joined us earlier on uh, for a really good chat here, Keegan, Keegan Hipgrove, former Bronco, Gold Coast, and Parramatta Eel. This is how the chat went with myself and Rat. Hipgrave here, receiving attention. It didn't look great at all. The last game of the season against Penrith, went to jam on Tavita Pangai, came off second best and had the whiplash and head hit the back of the ground and then was like completely out. Like, don't remember that whole game. The symptoms that I had after that one was the worst I had in all previous concussions. Like, I had a headache for two months afterwards, like consistent throughout the day, throughout the night, I couldn't sleep. My emotions were just going up and down. Like, I'd be super happy and then I'd be brought down to tears when the neurologist who's someone who's been doing this for years says mate it's, it's probably i recommend that you medically retire it's a heavy conversation yeah quite an emotional time there for a young man who's going to join us on mm. sports day this is sats and rat for sports day welcome back to the show and he's also a young man that both myself and rat have had a fair bit to do with over the years <laughs> yes. through the rugby league circles because he made his debut with the gold coast titans in 2017 and unfortunately had to retire at the ripe old age of around 24 years of age and but his, uh, his next chapter in life is an interesting one, and that's the reason why we've got him here in the studio. Welcome to Sports Day, Keegan Hipgrave. Boys, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Oh, mate, we're stoked to have you. I I, um, I was saying to Sats before you came in, I used to just, I, I, it was before sort of the, the clips were coming up on Instagram and stuff the way they used to, but you'd play a game, and I'd, I'd search for, the, they'd put clips up on YouTube. And I'd look for his clip because he'd be absolutely terrorised. You were saying before Keegan got here, you said, I remember watching him play for PBC and he used to go head-to-head with his other player. And then Cohen jumped in and said, I think it was Jai Arrow. Arrow. I think think Jai might have been a bit before my time. Or maybe maybe there was a crossover. I'm not too sure. I played Bronx with Jai under-20s. But... um, yeah, it was. Uh, Who was the player at, at Keebra that used to go? Uh, was it was it Joy? Nah, I, feel like, I think it was a guy called Keanu Dawson. That's him. Keanu yeah. Dawson. That's him. Yeah, he was a, and he was and he was a big guy as well. So I oh. think we just we just clashed. Heads. Man, it was um, it was it was great footy. I mean, it, at that age, you, you're playing footy, aren't you? I mean, you, you're really ripping in, and and you had aspirations as did every kid at PBC and Keebra Park, and I used to love watching those matchups. And yeah. uh, mate, it was great to see you. You know, I, I was shattered when you went up the road to the Broncos. Yeah. And um, But when they got you back, I was absolutely wrapped to see you uh, pull on the Titans jersey. So we'll talk about post-career really soon and what you're doing now, which is really exciting. I mean, I'm really enjoying watch, watching the, the product that you're putting out there each and every week, Keegs. But you make your debut at 20, don't you, I, yeah. at the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a kid that's growing up and, and I don't know who you ever wanted to play for, but there was one team you ever wanted to play for. Was there a team that you just, growing up as a kid, you always would have loved to have made your debut with? Well, growing up, I always went for the Brisbane Broncos because right. there was no Gold Coast Titans yeah. back then. Obviously, growing up on the Gold Coast, as soon as the Titans came into the fold, I had to go for them. And, like, mate, I had I had all the Titans gear. Like, I had a Titans nipper board, like, when I was doing, <laughs> when I was doing clubbies. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, mate, I'm pretty sure I took it to training um, when the when the side first came in, and um, I might have even got you to sign it, mm. Matty. Like, I, I got the whole team to sign it. I was a huge Titans fan. Um, but did my junior development at the Bronx. So uh, naturally, when when the opportunity came up to to stay with the Bronx in the under twenties and and you know do your first full time um, preseason with them, I just took it. I had to take it. Yep. Uh, wasn't through a run of injuries where I know I could, thought I probably could see that there was an opportunity to debut at the Gold Coast Titans. So I took that up in uh, 2017, yeah. 2017, and then yeah, got to make my debut in the last game of that year. Mm. 
So we just heard the audio earlier on. You suffered a series of head knocks, and at the age of 24, yep. you, you're told that it's probably best that you look for an, another career outside of rugby league. And did you try and fight it? Did you try and go against doctor's advice? Were you sitting at home at stages going, Second no, guessing, no, no, yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah, it's, um, mate, to be honest, just hearing that audio before, I haven't listened to that in a little while. So, yeah, um, well done, Carl. It, br- uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it brings back a lot of memories. Um, but, yeah, to, to answer your question, yeah, of course. Like, you, growing up, I had a heap of concussions. Um, playing Australian schoolboys overseas, I got a heap of concussions. And then even when I was at the Titans in 2019, um, I had a full year off. I had, I had mm. six months off. I had the three diagnosed concussions where you go over and you see uh, independent neurologists. Um, and then he said, mate, you've, um, you've, you know, you've experienced quite a few head knocks. Um, we recommend you having six months off, which turned to 12 months with COVID, um, just to give my brain a break pretty much. Anyway, I went, finished the, the, rest of the rest of the season in 2020, which was great. I had my confidence back. I felt really good. Ended up moving to the Parramatta Eels. Um, but then the same thing happened. You know, I got, I got three big concussions as well as a, a bunch of minor head knocks as well. Same thing, sat down with the neurologist. And, and that was a tough time because he was like, mate, you, you know, you're, you've got other things going on outside of footy. Um, I recommend that you medically retire from the NRL. And, like, that's always going to be a tough conversation, especially mm. when you're a 24-year-old kid who's like, Dreamt of it. what do you mean? Mm. I'm gonna, I wanted mm. to play until I was 30. You know, I wanted, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to play Origin. You know, I wanted mm. to play for Australia. Those were all my goals at the time. But then when I sat back um, and had conversations with my family, I was sort of like, no, I, I want to be good when I'm like 40 and mm. 50 and 60 and there's other things that I want to do. So uh, while it was tough, I, I just feel like it was yeah, still the right decision. I got a little bit emotional when I, when I saw you suffering a lot of those concussions, especially, especially the ones at Parramatta because I remember watching you as a kid playing against my son. He was at Runaway Bay, same age, all the juniors. And so I felt as though I followed your journey. And But when you look at all those head knocks, Keegan, was it the style that you played or were you just a player that's just susceptible to to any sort of whiplash or had a, a greater effect than any other player? Mate, probably a bit of both. Yep. A bit mm. of both. When I first had uh, my run of concussions, that was the first thing I looked at was, was tackle technique. I did a heap of work of my tackle technique. And then, but even, even then, um, once you start, you know, the concussions keep adding up and, and the more concussions you get, you usually become more receptive to them. So by the back end of 2021, I had a heap that year and, and it's probably not in my best interest or the club's best interest to every time I get a concussion or a couple concussions to have 12 months off. Like mm. no, no club wants to sign a player like that. Um, so I could sort of read between the lines of where it was going to end up mm. with all the ones that I've accumulated over the time. So yeah, mate, I just, um, sort of a bit of both, but yeah, it was just, it was just the way it was. Yeah. You, well, you certainly played the game physical and, and you know, you're not a huge guy and you, you played in the middle and you played it tough. So, you know, once I mean, I've got to say, when a boxer gets knocked out, they're never quite the same. Mm. You know, the, the the next time they come back, and and you know, it was a well, real boxers shame. Boxers have to have three months off. We're we're lacing up the next day at training. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is, I mean, this is all now. prior to the protocols as well, obviously. So, uh, for you, and and yeah, it was a real shame to see you retire. How, how did you go in that period, post? You know, that that announcement that that mm. you know you're not you're not going to play anymore. Obviously, you grew up. You had all those goals, those dreams, those aspirations. Did, did you go into a bit of a, into a dark place or were, were you, were you comfortable in your decision? Yes, mate, to, to answer your question. Yeah, I was, I was definitely comfortable in my decision growing, growing up. My, my parents were big on, you know, study outside of, outside of footy and yep. having, and having a plan B. And I saw a heap of mates and you guys have probably seen it as well. Heaps of guys struggle transitioning out of footy. You know, I'd saw, I'd seen guys do that. I'd seen players who had played in state of origin, 
when COVID hit, they didn't get a contract and they're like, well, I've got, you know, a couple months of, of you know, money, income coming in and then I've got to find then a what? job. Yeah. So I saw that firsthand. I was like, well, no, I, I want to be proactive in my approach. So I did a Bachelor of Business. I started an MBA with Ryan James. Um, there was things outside that I wanted to do. So, yeah, there was, of course, a, a mourning period after after leaving the game and, and finishing up and, and I was sad and there was a lot of tears. Like I remember the phone call to Brad Arthur, um, my coach at the time at Parramatta, it was the first time I said out loud that I was, you know, having to medically retire from footy. I remember sitting next to the pool at, at, at home and I was like, mate, this is what they said. And, and he's like, oh, he's like, you know, footy's not everything. You know, you got to think about your family. You got to think about your mm. kids one day. You got to think about yourself. And mate, I was just bawling my eyes out on the phone <laughs> yeah. trying to tell him first time I said it out loud. But mate, no, like I, I look at that transition. It was a, probably a couple months there, but when, I'm lucky that when you get medically retired, you get your contract paid out. Mm. Yeah. So I had a year left on my contract. So that year was huge for me in terms of, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, yep. where I wanted to go, the spaces I wanted to be in um, and made the transition so much better. Yeah. I, I got to say, I, I, I did a function one day for a young man who'd broken his neck playing just Part regional 40. rugby league. Mm. And he, the one thing he said to me, he said, he was in a wheelchair and he said, I can't be involved in rugby league anymore. I said, no, that's not, that's not true. Like you can be a trainer, you can be a coach, you can still be in the team environment. Absolutely. So post career, you still get the ability to, to be involved in the banter and be involved in rugby league because uh, not only, and we're going to talk about it really soon, you've taken up a new role with the rugby league players association, which is great, but you started your own podcast, mm. Keegan and Co. So any of the listeners out there love listening to the podcast, go and search for Keegan and Co. It's outstanding because you've got mm. some really good characters that have come on. Has there been any any players that have come on that you didn't know a lot about, but all of a sudden you found, hey, this guy's life's really interesting? Well, we have conversations with not just NRL players, but but all sports and, and athletes who you know, we all look up to. Uh, one of my favourite podcasts that are coming out this Sunday with Nico Hines, and, and I know Nico here and there, we've had a few beers over the years, but I've never actually sat down with him one-on-one -on -one and had a really in-depth, vulnerable conversation. And to his credit, mate, Nico is one of the all-time great men, you know, mm. in terms of being vulnerable about, you know, his own depression and his own, you know, growing up with his mum in and out of prison. And, and he was just, we sat down maybe a couple of weeks ago and we just had the best conversation and he was so open about everything that was going on in his life and, and what we need to do in the NRL and, and strategies and solutions and, you know, how we can help young kids coming through. And, and it was just an in incredible conversation. So, like, that was probably the best chat that I think we've, we've ever had on, on the podcast. So it comes out this Sunday. comes out this yeah, Sunday. Awesome. And don't get me wrong, like, we've had, you know, world champion, you know, swimmers. You know, we've had captains of, you know, Braden Maynard from the yeah. Collingwood, um, Collingwood Magpies won the grand final last year. Mac Horton, Ellie Day. Like, these guys are not only the best athletes, you know, in their, in their field, but also the best, most incredible people. And, and Nico's just one of them. Now, I, I did listen to the one with AJ Brimson. And AJ, of course, best mates with a kid by the name of Liam Hampson. Yep. Both he and Liam and a group of mates, they go overseas on this European holiday. And, of course, for the listeners who don't know, Liam Hampson um, unfortunately passed away on that trip. Now, AJ, I love it when males are vulnerable, you know. And, mm. But AJ was so open about the experience that he had to ringing Liam's parents to tell them what had happened. That was an amazing listen. Mate, I'm, still I'm, still getting <laughs> I'm sitting here getting goosebumps thinking about it, mate. It was like, it was one of those things where, yeah, like it was almost a year to the day, mm. to be honest. You know, the boys went on a, a trip overseas to, to Barcelona and, and Europe and, and the boys were there and it was just a normal night out, you know, it was just, a, you know, boys having, having a good time as we've all done, you know, in the past. And, you know, 
well, I won't go, I won't go into the full detail of what, of what happened, but yeah, we, we ended up losing Liam, um, purely, purely by accident. Mm. Um, it was just one of those really unfortunate incidences and, and for AJ to come on to not only tell his story, but also tell the tools and strategies that he used to get through that, leaning on his friends, talking about it, not bottling it up, and also keeping names alive, like keeping Liam's names alive. Um, they've got the, Liam ha the Hampo Foundation now, which is incredible. They're in, they're in Keeper Park, and, and they're helping young athletes go, um, you know, go through and help them with their education, and, and AJ's a mentor for that foundation now, which is amazing. But, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the whole idea of the podcast, and, and especially AJ's in particular, is, like, we're having conversations with athletes we all look up to. So if they can be seen talking about their own vulnerabilities and, and I guess, struggles that they're going through, then it makes it okay for the rest of us. And that's what we're yeah. trying to push. Yeah, that's mm. really good. It's, uh, you know, that, that you know, I think of like that trade industry, that real tough, you know, blokey sort of, you know, uh, it's tough work. It's tough going. It's a tough life. And, and you're right. You, you get these superstars and the, or I guess these role models of these young men, you know, being vulnerable on, on, um, your podcast, it does allow, I guess that, you know, someone's heart to open up a little bit, mm. you know, which is real. it's a really important role. So mm. yeah, well done, Keeks. Um, mate, your role now, RLPA. So you've moved back to God's country. Yeah, yeah. You're back in Queensland. I did a little yeah. stint in Sydney and now I'm back, which yeah. I'm, which I'm very much enjoying. Back in Palmy. So tell us, you're, you're the Rugby uh, League Players Association Transition manager? Uh, uh, past that? player and transition manager. Yeah, so, okay. so at the moment, uh, the last CBA agreement um, allowed us to resort, uh, secure some resources um, and funding towards the past player and transition program, which we're now currently building. As you guys would know, like, mm. transitioning out of the game is one of the uh, hard, hardest things. We, talk, mate, we talked about it before off air. It's, it's one of the toughest transitions and now having, I guess, the right resources to help players transition out. It's huge. So we're in the middle at the moment of, of building the program of what it's going to look like. Um, and it's an exciting, it's an exciting space to be in. It ties into the podcast. I'm doing my postgraduate, um, you know, study in psychology. So I, I really want to learn more about this space, but also help crew along the way. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, Sats, you, you, you were pretty well set up employment wise when yeah. you finished. I'd sort of set some stuff up. So I was okay when I finished, but for every one of us, there's 20 blokes that are there, you know, Twiddling their thumbs, wondering what you know. What do I do next? You know what my I whole life has been rugby league. I struggle with the most is was that your phone stops ringing from your teammates. Mm. How come my teammates, well, mate, my former teammates, mm. don't ring me anymore? I, like, mean, I miss I, the, the the thing I miss the most was that two minutes straight after a game in the dressing room. Yes. That yes. two minutes. If you could bottle that feeling and, two minute and sell it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't miss that. That's like anxiety ridden, yeah. horrible. <laughs> That two minutes after a game, when it's just you and your teammate, if you could bottle that feeling and sell it, you'd be worth yeah, trillions. It's the best. It's, that, the, it's best. The, that, that energy, that feeling. That, that's what I miss the most. Hey, um, Keegs, love what you're doing, mate. Awesome. And, um, love what you're doing post-career now. He's still a young man now and, um, and doing some great things for rugby league, but also just the chats you're having on Keegan & Co. So, listeners, if you want to listen to a very good podcast, Keegan & Co. and the Nico Hines ones drops this Sunday. So, go and find it wherever you find your podcast. Keegan Hipgrave, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Thanks for having me, boys. Go on your kegs. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day.
Ah, oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, bit of Michael Bolton. Did you find Mistress at Christmas yet or not? Yeah, well, I need to give it a, a special check over. I, like, I do, I think. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Do yep. you, what do they call it? Your due diligence? Yeah. Yeah. Three burning questions here on Sports Day. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Keegan Hipgrave. He's a, like we said earlier on, he's a great young man. And uh, Keegan and Company is a, is a really refreshing podcast. That Steve just said, I've just got Keegan and Company on Spotify. So wherever you get your your podcast from, make sure you download it. Have a listen because you get some really good guests on. As he said, Nico Hines is dropping this weekend, this Sunday, I think Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, great message out there for young aspiring athletes. You know, make sure you're looking after life outside of your sport. You gotta, it's got to own you. You've got to be focused and stuff. But, you know, as an athlete, you've, all, you've got time. Mm. You know, you can time stick, you stick, your, stick yeah. your head into the books, you know, learn something because it uh, doesn't last forever. Yeah. And he's handled it really well. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Tommy says, "Boys, I like o- I like I never liked Oasis after the incident in the '96 Brit Awards when Noel Gallagher received an award from yes. Michael Hutchins and said to him, "Has been should not be presenting awards to Gunnabees." Michael Hutchins sort of headbutted him straight then. Mate, I'll tell you, it affected Michael Hutchins that. Oh. Like he, he he looked lost on stage when when he got up there, just a rude, arrogant pig. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Three burning questions with Daddy Vass for Toolkit Depot. Everything you need to get back to work. Hey, just before we go, um, George Cambosis, of course, former world champion, uh, lost it to Devin Haney. He, it looks like it's definitely going to be locked in. Both he he is going to go up against Vasily Lomachenko in Perth in May. Okay, so that's that's three massive fights for Australian fight lovers. Who's your who's your tip in that? Sats? Well, Cambosis wasn't meant to beat uh, Teofimo Lopez no. and beat him. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko is a He's another level. He's a future Hall of Famer. Well, he he's going to have to be yeah. on his game and hope that Lomachenko is a yeah. little off it. Is that Three what you're division saying? world champion. Like he's a he's a gun Olympic yeah. gold medalist. Why yeah. is he coming to Perth to fight? Don't know. The money must be there. Yeah, right. Yeah. On the line one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. We've got Glenn a little bit later than normal. How are you, Glenn? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Good. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better, thanks for asking. I really enjoyed that interview with Keegan Hipgrave too. What a great young fella, yeah, mate. Yeah, he's a great guy. Can so I just well say, done. on behalf of uh, everyone in the office here and last night, it was your best call last night. You were night. on fire last yeah, night. you were on Short fire. Short and sharp, good. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Mm. Uh, so, so what you're saying, I should be cooked more often, is that right? <laughs> well, we, we were, we well mate, for I'm you. Gonna surprise, I'm going to surprise you again tonight because what I want to do is thank one of your regular co- contributors, yep. Rooster Mungrel. When he suggested that I join the um, Mayfield West Bowling Club and play indoor bowls and trivia for them, yep. And as I as I pulled myself out of the um, my deathbed this morning, yep. I was about to give them a ring, and guess what? What? My phone rang, and it was the games organizer from Mayfield West saying, "Glenn, we heard you on the radio last night. I hope you're feeling better." I said, "Yes, thank you very much." <coughs> she said, "What we'd like to do." In conjunction with Rooster Mungrel, yep. we'd like to offer you either a free or discount a membership to come and skipper our, our Fours indoor bowl side and captain our trivia side. Yep. I said to her, darling, I'd love to once the weather gets a bit cool. And before you... <laughs> that's, that's cool, Daddy, man. You're getting as bad as Woogie. He's pretty, cool. He's pretty close. I thought he was on... I thought, you know... I don't, I, do you reckon he'd be a good leader? Steve? 
Oh, Glenn, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, great leader, good leader, yeah, be outstanding, good leader in the bowl on the on the on the bowlers yeah. and the foursomes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, mate, skipper, oh, skipper. <laughs> he's still there. Uh, let's the get skip, to mate. let's get to uh, three burning questions. Why don't it being two burning questions, Daddy Vass? So off you go. Uh, now, Mitchell Moses, he's come out today and said he'd love to play alongside Nathan Cleary. Who wouldn't? At origin level. And mm. he said, I've played 5'8 before. So the question is, if you're Madge, would you pick Mitchell Moses at 5'8? Oh. Oh, he's, he's performed well. He did, yeah. He did at yeah, origin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, game. I mean, well, well, he's not getting the halfback job if Nathan Cleary's fit. So, of course, he's got to come out. He, yeah. he wants to push his barra. And, you know, he's, he's a good player, Mitch Moses. On his day, he's as good as any, anyone. It's going to be hard to unseat. Cody after what he did last year in that mm. game three. Mm. That's pretty impressive, wasn't it? I mean, it'll come down to form. It'll come down to form first and foremost. And yep. uh, Matt, I know for a fact Madge will he'll take it that way. Oh, I, don't, I don't think there's a there's a you know, a walk up start for the position. So it will come down to form and yep. uh, the roost uh, I mean the rabbits, um, they're they're gonna want to turn their season around this year and that a lot of that'll be on the back of what Cody Walker does. Mm. So um and Latrell obviously. It's gonna be interesting because Moses wants the ball. Nathan Cleary expects the ball, mm. and if they're both calling for it, Nathan's going to win that battle every time. Cody is the sort of guy that I'll tell you when I want it. I, I think Mitch Moses is mature enough to understand that if he's going to play mm. in the six jersey next to Nathan Cleary, that he's the general. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'd be. Um, I, I don't think. I don't think, inter- I don't think he'd interfere with Nathan's game. Adrenaline does. Some amazing and, and I, I think Mitch Moses is a great ball runner, as is Cody Walker. So uh, they they play a similar style of game. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Second one. Um, oh, pick your best one out of the list. The next two. Well, you've cut me off. Oh, we're gonna have. Well, you're the producer. We've got enough time. Yeah, yeah. we've got enough. Okay, time. We've got right plenty of time. Yep. Um, now, what system would North Loomer best fit into? Dragons came out today and they said they will not sign David. They've put faith in their outside backs. Yeah, they've got some, some good outside young backs. Mm. The Dragons. Oh, I don't know. I don't know David North Loomer well enough, but when I watch him from the outside, whenever he scores his try, he never seems to want to celebrate with his teammates. I don't know whether he's an individual. Yeah. Not quite sure. That's just a perception thing. I think he'd have to be at a club that have got a really strong senior playing group. I, I can't see him going to Melbourne because Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates says Xavier's going to play on the wing. If he plays in the centres, maybe a different story. Mate, always a bit on the nose when you go through a situation that he's been to, um, been through, and and and. Your you know, first question bit, bit is. Of a he said, she said. First question know, is what's wrong. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's wrong? Um, mate, send him to Parramatta. He's used to losing. You know, wow. go para, <laughs> play on the opposite wing to Mike Acevo. Mm. Um, he's a finisher. He's a, he's, he's a good finisher. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can mate, score a try. I he mean, can play. He was scoring tries at the Tigers when they weren't winning. Yeah. You know, so he, he can find the try line. Get him in the right um, Get him in the right environment. Uh, you know, I think we'll, he can get back to some of his I, best I, footy. I but truly believe there's only a handful of clubs that could probably afford him and that would be willing to take him on. Raiders. Raiders, possibly, mm. possibly. Jordan Rankins, not Jordan Rankins, Jordan Rapana. Jordan he, he's Rapana, yeah, yeah at the end. He's only got a couple of yeah. Yeah, yeah. last year. How old is he? North Luma, I don't mm. know, 28? Can you find that out? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you ask the next one, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look for it. Uh, now, homegrown recruitment. We spoke a bit about it off air. 
We've seen clubs like the Dogs have gone to market to fix their on-field performances. Where's the juniors coming through, right? Well, don't, like, I mean, until they get rewarded for developing juniors, well, I mean, if you can go and buy them, what, what, what's the point? Mm. I, I mean, seriously, like, junior development is not rewarded. I mean, look at Penrith. They're getting poached left, right and centre. All their juniors coming through because if you're a halfback coming out of Penrith, you know you're not getting a job for the next six or seven years. Yeah. At least. If you're a fullback, Dylan Edwards isn't going anywhere. No. Um, if you're a winger... Tough to get a gig out there. Um, I, I, you know, like like a like a Stephen Crichton, like he's a Penrith junior. He, he's 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 gone to the Bulldogs. Like they should be they should be rewarded for developing him, and there should be a transfer fee. It, it is ridiculous, and and we wonder why clubs go out and just buy teams. Well, what, what, why wouldn't you? I mean, it doesn't cost you any more or any less. Mm. It actually costs you more to develop a player. You you invest time effort money, um, emotion into a player, and then they, they up and leave. Yeah. I mean, there's no reward for a club to develop players. So, I mean, if you're a New South Wales club that signs a really good young player from Queensland that goes to a New South Wales club, or the Warriors, whatever it may be, out of the QRL system, they've got to play a... $5,000 transfer A fee. development fee based on the level of representation yeah, that yeah, they've, true. Yep. they've got to. And then that goes to the QRL, and that has slowly bled down through the club that he came from, the junior club that he played for, mm. but doesn't go directly to the to the club that he played for. But that's coming from a junior. That's not NRL club to NRL club. What about the other side of it where Penrith Panthers are successful in New South Wales Cup, mm. or, you know, all the kind of the levels tiers down, yeah. and they can blood these young guys whilst they have their stars around before anyone picks them up? In first grade? Yeah, and that's probably why the reason they've been so successful because they've got all this plethora to pick from in their reserves and go, oh, hey, so-and-so's on orange duty. Well, we'll, they've, just, we'll they've just got really good systems. You know, they've got good resources, good coaching. Uh, they can see what their first grade team's doing. They want to be part of that. It's exciting. Well, that's what I'm saying. The Panthers haven't gone out and bought, you know, big stars over the past five years. Yeah, but, but this hasn't this hasn't always been the case out there. Mm. Like you got to understand, like they've got a, a a good junior nursery, as do Cronulla have a great junior nursery. But when Cronulla won the comp in two thousand sixteen, they had one local junior. Yeah, they bought all their players. Now Cronulla's got one of the biggest nurseries to to, to pick from. Now, it's 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 not you're not always going to have that time when you've got this talent like when when those uh, when the Raiders in their heyday, all those players came through at the same time, or you know, like like with what's happening at Penrith right now. But what Penrith have done. They set up, like you say, sets. They set up great systems to make sure that if they've got a great talent in their in in that Penrith catchment area, they'll identify that player. They'll put him into a system. They'll develop him to a point where they think, well, we can go on with this player, or you know, we'll we'll fill up that spot with another player who who we think may, may be able to fit that position. Some clubs don't have that ability because they don't have the junior base. Roosters, for example. Roosters, no junior base. Yep. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's not as easy just to develop local players, but th at the same time, if you're not getting rewarded to do it, like how much money? Like Penrith is a very wealthy club, mm. very wealthy club. How much money have they put into, you know, that grassroots? How much money have they put into developing those local players? Like one, some clubs don't have that money, and two, they don't have the resources to do it. But you don't get rewarded to do it either. No. no so you don't. yeah, by well, the looks of their stadium, they've put it all into the <laughs> into the pathway. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, and with really good junior pathway programs now, they actually get commercial sponsorship for that, like naming rights. 
which goes into the bottom line as well. So, mm. yeah, those clubs that do it well turn into they commercialise it as well. So this is where they talk about the draft and yeah, if you did the draft in rugby league for your really good junior talents coming out of schools or those junior comps, whatever it may be, clubs would just wouldn't spend any money on development. Just go and pick who you want. players from the draft. Yeah. yeah. So which is not a good thing for the game. Not a good thing for the game. Uh, just get to one of your text messages or a couple of your text messages before yeah. we get to the break. Danger says Alice Cooper has his own radio show in Darwin mm. on Triple FM. And it's now a category three and winds are hundred and seventy five. Wow. That's getting serious, isn't it? Kilometres per hour, down past towns. Well, that's from danger, yeah. So hope everyone's safe up there. Well, Steve from Dubbo, he's, he's, he's finally alerted. He's got the issue. Yep. Uh, he, he reckons he's got to the bottom. Rat needs to address the source behind his para bashing. Bottling it up will make it worse. I'm here to help. He's put a text after the break. We'll come back and we'll read what, uh, what, what Steve reckons my case of para bashing is all about. Okay. Stick around after the break. Seth and Rat, Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've got a few texts here we're going to get through. And yeah. we've got one here from Glenn. He just says, stay safe, danger from Cairns. As I was going to say before, I was hung up and again as usual. So everyone's uh, thinking about you and all your, um, all your friends and family and all those around you up there. Danger, I hope you're very safe. Now, you want to get to the bottom. Well, I mean, this is, this is, why this you is Steve from Dubbo. Yeah. He's been teasing this all week, and he's finally let the cat out of the bag. What he thinks is the reason that I bash para. Yep. Now, he says, did the Rats' para bashing stem from the 2009 semi-final, Titans versus para, when the Titans failed to score a try? That could be psychologically long-term damaging and was his third-party sponsor, Omo, as the Rats' jersey after 80 minutes was the cleanest I've ever seen. I've got to tell you, Steve, I don't even remember that game. Was it 29-0? I don't remember. I don't remember the game at all. Now you, I can't even remember playing Parramatta in 2009. Actually, you got beaten by the oh, no, 10 was a Roosters. 10 was a Roosters in the prelims. Toddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, can, now you believe... So I don't think that's the case. You believe there's a hate for Parramatta because you got suspended for dropping Luke Burt on his head. Yeah, I, I, I did spear tackle Luke Burt and, and Cardi's like, mate, we should defend it. I'm like... Oh, I've, I've probably dropped him on his head. He goes, no, no, we'll defend it. I've got three weeks. And uh, it was two weeks for an early plea, actually, and um, we went and fought it, and I got four. Mm. But I think what it might stem from, Danger, is when I was a kid. I was a big para fan, and my dad used to clip me over the ear for supporting para. So reverse psychology on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and it's turned me. So, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Now, yeah, yeah, good, good, good research, though. The Dubinator says, uh, Moses is the incumbent rat. Give the respect he deserves. Clearly needs to earn his spot. <laughs> He's the only one that's a certain yeah, choice. Yeah. Now, Daniel says, Gents, refreshing chat with Keegan Hipgrave. What a well-spoken young man. I've recently stumbled across his podcast. I urge all rugby league fans to give it a listen. Great to see him also starting work with the RLPA. His journey and experience will no doubt assist the current cohort of transitioning to life after football, especially those whose careers are cut short because of injury. Yeah, well said, Daniel. Yeah, so um, Rooster Mothers just messaged me. He says, Alice Cooper's a part of a supergroup called Hollywood Vampires, and they did a song called Heroes, an absolute classic. 
He reckons it might be a good way to finish out the show. So we'll have a look at it. Make sure it's all, all He also all said okay. a good mate of his, Stevie Mack, played drums for Alice Cooper. Wow. On his Australian tour. Mm. Yeah. And um, Daniel T- from Perrywood. TPJ can't make up his mind. He should become the Prime Minister of Australia. Yeah, well, well, well Dan from Perrywood, he, he says, gents, the NRL should, should block any potential contract lodged for Pangai Junior Services. Reason being, he quit the Bulldogs citing retirement with 12 months remaining on his contract. If the Broncos or any other club were to sign him for 2024, the contract should not be registered until his original contract with Canterbury expires. Players should not be able to walk out on one club and join another just because it would make a mockery of the contracting system. Well, that's right. And, and, and what I will say is, yeah, well, there's a text, uh, another text here, 96 from Dan. He says, Talis and Ian Roberts sat out the season after signing contracts with Super League. Both players did not collect an urn, and it was down to principle of both men. Um, wouldn't it be refreshing to see Pengai Jr. follow suit, not sign a contract of any sort until he w- would have finished his current deal with the Bulldogs expiring, including in the 2024? Well, he has sat out, really, hasn't he? But well, well, he sat out, mm. a, you know, a little bit. Yeah, but not enough. Not you know, I, it just yeah, it just doesn't sm- smell right to me. If there's a mutual parting of the ways and the Bulldogs are like, yep, yeah, you know, all good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's get to a break after the break. We'll wrap the show up. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. There you go, Rooster Muzz. Great yeah. song. Did you say Johnny Depp was yeah, in it? Yeah, uh, Johnny yeah. Depp's in the band, yeah. Great song. Hollywood Vampire. Great song. They would have played at the Viper Room for sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. What a great show. What a great week. Also, thank you for Keegan Hipgrave for, for coming on the show, telling us his story and also the, the next chapter of his life as well. Peter Bedell joining us to update us about the Tevita Pango Jr. Also, that exciting news about Tim Zoo and Michael Zarafa. Mm. And I hope everyone there can celebrate our great country tomorrow. A text just to leave us. Hey, Sats, had a beer at the Hotel La Bribe, the Island Day the other day. I'm sure you know the establishment I'm talking about. Boys, I'm a plumber. Just turned 50 and still working hard. But I tell you what, having a schooner listening to your show just makes it all fit together. Jesus has been hot. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much, 302. Happy Australia Day, everyone. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us throughout the week. Sats and Rap for Sports Day and Daddy Vass. We'll see you Monday.